Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama mafia cast? It does feel that way. We are continuing our retrospective, our retro look back upon what we have witnessed in the past of Riverdale. Uh, we are in season two, where things just... Yeah, you know, that train was on a track, and um, I think it hit, like, a, a split and decided to go on both both tracks, so... <laughs> I'm gonna go both ways. It, it started double double rail drifting. Yeah. Um, but, excitedly, <laughs> just like last week, we have a special guest. So, Kevin, listeners, please join me in welcoming Dan Gibbons. Hello, hello. Excited, hey, Dan. Excited to be here to talk about the season of television where... Comic book icon Archie Andrews tries to impress his girlfriend's father by joining the wrestling team. And when that doesn't work, he instead joins the literal mafia. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's a good summary of this, of his arc this season. I mean, he does at one point think he's working with the fake FBI. He does. He does, he but does. he sells them out. <laughs> and no. then his girlfriend's mother says, good job. Selling out Law and Order to us, the actual mafia. The actual mafia. I didn't expect at the beginning of the show for him to be actual mafia. Uh, Papa Poutine. Anyway, so we'll, <laughs> we will get into that. But, uh, Dan, you've already sort of alluded to, you know about this show. You Your experience is a little bit more than our guest last week. What What is your relationship to Riverdale, I guess? Well, um thing about me is that I watch comic book based television like it's my job and uh, for the past seven years I've been doing through my blog talesfrompartsunknown.com look at the way I sneak those Perfect. plugs in I'm a pro Perfect plug. very good uh, I do every summer a best of comic TV award show where I hand out trophies for best scenes best characters and then rank order every single show that I watched which is often fairly comprehensive, but never ever includes The Walking Dead because I am like nine years behind on that show and you cannot make me catch up. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I was never caught up on that show, so. You know, the only person in the world who is caught up is our father, who decided this summer to watch all of The Walking Dead. He found a new show. He got real into it real fast. So into it. I've made weirder choices during quarantine. I'll be real with you. I, I got a question. Do you consider River? I mean, yes, I guess technically it's a comic book show, but do you consider Riverdale a comic book show? I do, in that it is loosely based on Archie oh, Comics. Loosest. And considering how weird Archie Comics have gotten in the past 10 years, like, this is as valid as anything. This is as valid an interpretation as Archie versus Predator. Well, I mean, that's because, I mean, it can all be brought back to one man, Roberto. Yep. The the, the friend we call Roberto, Roberto Aguirre Sequeza, who is... The showrunner, but also... The dawn, the dawn of, of Archie Comics. Like, Dawn not as in, like, you know, the Dawn as D-O-N as in the Godfather. Yeah. As in bringing it back to the mafia thing. <laughs> of Archie Comics. He cannot be stopped, and no one can tell him no. He has clearly said, we're still going to do some classic Archie has to pick a date for the dance. Oh, my jalopy's <laughs> broken down comics. But I'm also going to get super weird for anyone who's grown up on these. I'm absolutely going to put out a miniseries teaming Betty and Veronica with Red Sonia and Vampirella. 
which I have not read, but I did watch Casually Comics' video about that, which he opens with, this shouldn't work, but it works. <laughs> I, I, I think you get away with that stuff a whole lot more in that comic book vein. Like, I knew Archie mm-hmm. met the Punisher. I knew that one Archie I have the comic books died. Like, I knew all those things happened. But whenever I see anything that even t- gets close to that in this show, I'm like, what is... What is happening? The problem is you're seeing a real-life human being say these words. And the actors on the show try so hard. Oh, and a lot them. of them are so talented. Look, I absolutely respect the cast for how much gravitas they bring to talking about dangerous street drug jingle jangle throughout this season. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking like, of which, this episode has our first reference to jingle jangle. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know how dumb it is. No, it's it's heroin. Let me say. He says the. Sorry. uh, He said. Not he. Keller says the words. They're on meth or jingle jangle. Like, that can't be a sentence you say with a straight face as a law enforcement professional. But he does. He does. And jingle jangle, we must not forget both jingle jangle and fizzle rocks are heroin. They're heroin. They're hard drugs. I thought Jingle Jangle was MDMA. No, it's heroin because wow. it, Jingle Jangle is the drug that Clifford Blossom traffics in, and he traffics in heroin. Now, it that doesn't I act like heroin. It does yeah. act like MDMA. Also, it, for some people, it's an upper. For some people, it's a downer. Mostly, it makes you hallucinate. It does not act as heroin acts. Well, that is like three different drugs in one. Jingle Jangle is just whatever they need it to be, which, yeah. okay, um, I watch Doctor Who. I know that the sonic screwdriver operates under those exact same rules. <laughs> but a pixie stick shouldn't. I have gotten through <laughs> seven seasons of a show that says, look, it's the Speed Force. Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We had talked about the Speed Force on my other podcast. I can't get into that. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's dip a little bit into this pod that we watched to sort of help motivate us into what else is going on this season, though. I believe we can just talk about it because this season begins... With Fred Andrews shot Fred in the Andrews chest. loses so much blood. Like when Archie pulls that truck up to the ho- the magic hospital. This is our first yeah. introduction to the magical hospital and we'll, in the town yeah. of Riverdale. The amount, he leaves like seven pints of blood on the ground think, as Archie I drags mean, him into the hospital. I think it was as stressed out about that cliffhanger as anything else that happened that season. Look, Luke Perry, right? Yeah, he was a good cliffhanger. Um, the, I guess now we brought it up, it is a good thing he went to the Magic Hospital. Uh, Dan, I, I don't know how much you think about this show as much as we do, but we have this ongoing fascination with this Magic Hospital that is able to just outright heal people of insane wounds. Penelope Blossom's face in this episode is covered up in bandages. You She's can see like third lines, degree third degree burns all over her face. She's fine later in the season. She she has a glove on one hand, which potentially is the scar. Okay, but I think it's just Penelope doing Penelope things. I think they just graft. They're like, all right, we've got to graft some flesh on her. Take everything off of her hand, and she has a skeleton hand now. I could see it either way. I could see she has a skeleton hand. I could see she just does it for the drama. Because the season premiere really underscored how much the Blossoms love drama. Oh, my my God. Cheryl Blossom turned a corner in slow motion to a pop song and her hair flowed behind her. And I was like, "Uh, is Cheryl Blossom my favorite character now? 
I could I is... walked out the moment in this episode where Cheryl Blossom kisses the unconscious Fred Andrews on the forehead. And I think and says, she does bring him back to life. I gave him the kiss of life like you gave me. <laughs> and Archie does not interrogate that at all. Like, hey, don't kiss my dad when he's <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> don't do that. It was a simpler time. You could just wander into somebody's hotel room and put, or somebody's hospital room and put your mouth on them and nobody stopped you. <laughs> Yeah, nobody was like, hey, what? Don't do that. Don't do that, you you, you weird person. Infections. This, this building is filled with disease. We also get in this, because uh, Fred is uh, dying and coming back to life and dying again, uh, we get his near-death hallucinations, which they reuse again. That is the scene that they reuse again. Uh, when they actually when- graduate in season five season four yeah. so archie has the same like dream that fred has now as a as a near-death thing the whole um him taking a photo where it's like i never thought i'd be here for your graduation that was i guess that was the only way that they could get fred into that moment because tragically by end of season four fred is archival footage only Oh, Luke yeah. Perry. I'd have I'd have done the same thing in their place, uh, just to have that callback. Yeah, I mean, it was mm-hmm. good and smooth. I just have forgotten where it, it had come from. It had come from this. The entire thing, he's having all these... He's having weird uh, dreams, by the way. <laughs> these are the dreams that Archie thinks his dad is having, because they're all about how much Archie loves Veronica. And I <laughs> don't think Luke Perry Andrews knew that Archie was dating Veronica. Like, didn't Archie sleep with Veronica after the Jubilee and was going to tell his dad about it? Oh. I feel when like she Fred stayed over a couple of times in season one. Yeah, I think he was aware. Oh, yes, they had their... that moment that they weren't going to tell Betty about. I mean, that that just makes me feel like this is Veronica imagining <laughs> what Fred is thinking. Because Veronica takes... Man, they really try to skirt the line of what is Veronica going through in this, uh, in the pod episode and maybe what her arc would be for the season, which it is and it never is, is like, how can I be a good boyfriend to him? And you could do that as a interesting story, but instead it really feels like it's just Veronica being like, but what about my feelings? Well, and they also make Archie act like super, I mean, not out of character because he's going through grief. Um, when Veronica goes through Luke Perry, Andrew's things and finds that his wallet is missing and yeah. Archie just, like, loses his mind. Yeah. Could be Archie, but it's really, like, they've Betty sued him so that Veronica can show, go through her growth. Like, they've made him act wildly out of character, so Veronica can be like, no, I am a supportive girlfriend. I stay even when you're mean, because you need me. Well, they had that... Which is typical the, Veronica nonsense. Yeah. They had that crazy moment, and we'll get into Veronica more about this season, I think, after this. Um, they had that crazy moment where Archie's like, hey, my dad really likes this dog. My dad likes this dog so much. And Veronica starts crying, and Archie has to console her. I'm like, come on. Like, get it so, together, Veronica. This, yeah. There's a, there's a hierarchy of people who need support here. And you're <laughs> you at get, the bottom. You get to lean on Betty. Betty leans on Jughead. Jughead leans on, <laughs> I don't know, circus? whatever gang he's in right now. <laughs> this season's so weird. So yeah. many gangs. 
So many gangs. So much gang warfare and so much betrayal between the gang warfare. Except for the yeah, serpents, well, who are basically a community service group. We get the most, though, like gang stuff, I think, from the serpents uh, in this season. Because uh, in, in the first one, they're just kind of like guys are kind of hassling things. And you get like Mustang was kind of involved in the whole Jason murder. This one, you do get like the serpents being, you know, beating up one of their own and being kind of a gang. They do become a D&D group eventually. Naturally. <laughs> but that's later. But to bring it back to Veronica, how do we feel about Veronica in season two? Willful heroine who's out to just prove that she's so much better than her dad or spoiled brat who starts a war with her father for reasons. Or something I mean, her father needed a war started with on many fronts. Any any chance I might have sided with her with um, Hiram Lodge in any extent ended when his <laughs> sinister plan was to create a private prison because those are very very bad. We when we were going through this when they first introduced just a prison, I was really wanted them to push that it is a private prison, which we do eventually learn it is, and yeah. it does become clear there. But there is there's a lot of weird like pearl clutching at just a prison. Like, oh, it is a prison. I'm like, yeah, you can get into stuff there, but it feels like a lot of these people just being like, not in my backyard. There's no crime in Riverdale. Yeah. There's like but, I mean, three serial killers in hoods. Damn, one of them in, is. In season four, there is an alley called Sketch Alley, where the <laughs> sketchy people hang out. Yeah, it's called Sketch Alley. They, it's known as Sketch Alley, where the... Well, clearly, two billionaires need to walk through it with their son so that they can fully commit to it being Crime Alley. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> yeah, like, they just didn't want to call it Crime Alley, so it's Sketch Alley. Um, well, actually, it's it's a little known fact, but it was actually, that alley was founded by uh, Geraldine Sketch, who mm. was a criminal. And was a cousin to the Blossoms, did you know? Uh, who Blossoms. isn't a cousin to the Blossoms? Blossoms get around... <laughs> Well, unfortunately, they get very internally around. They don't get outside their family a whole lot, which is a a problem. It is a problem. They do uh, like to yeah. adopt children to marry them. <laughs> which we don't learn about in this season. <laughs> this season, we just get pure, unmitigated, weird blossomness from... Oh, I forgot about this. Actually, I do want to mention this. Um, it, it actually is hint, not hinted, but said here that Penelope... Well, hinted that she actually did kill uh clifford it says i will let people know actually what happened between you and dad in the barn so mm -hmm. that wasn't like out of nowhere retcon that she killed uh clifford later yeah so good yeah, they good planned the ahead show. they never plan ahead nice to see some setup and payoff in a show this committed to being lunacy yeah yeah man uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I think, the Serpents. Let's see, because Jughead has just joined the Serpents. Well, no, as he says this. very clearly in this episode, he didn't join them. He just thought it was weird <laughs> that they were outside of his house, so he had to put that coat on, Betty. And he has yeah. to drive a motorcycle because he doesn't have a dad or a car. Yeah, And he has to ask the Serpents to go get information for him. Yeah, These are yeah, things which he they... has to do, but he's not a Serpent. Yeah, they put him in as the de facto leader because FP's still in jail. Okay, Michael whole... Corleone, your hands are clean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve to have that feeling. 
Uh, do you remember how FB eventually gets out of jail? I had to look it up because I forgot that he's still in jail at the beginning of this season. Doesn't Jughead hire Penny Peabody to do lawyer nonsense? He hires her. That's not what gets him out. I believe. So... <laughs> uh, doesn't Cheryl lean on her mother to like Cher- clear FP's name in in the Jason murder? You're you're pretty close. What it is is actually Betty leans on Cheryl to get Cheryl to essentially be the family being like, we forgive FP. We don't blame him for this. Wait. So and the- then Cheryl Cheryl says, like, in, like, while she's giving her testimony, she says, also, my father threatened him, which is true. But yeah, Cheryl but- doesn't know that. Also, well, I mean... <laughs> He probably revealed it while they were busy hanging him in the no, barn. No, also no, not she a admits that she, to connect. <laughs> she admits that it's a lie, and she's like, I lied on the stand for you. But like, you didn't, though. Also, they didn't know that already? Also, I thought the chair of color said it doesn't matter that he threatened him. He still disposed of a body and then covered up a murder for a year. And that's what oh. he's on, on trial for. It's essentially what it came down to is like the family pushing, I don't want to press charges on this. They made it a whole thing. And that's how FB got out of jail. So and yep. then he becomes the sheriff. No, he goes to work at Pop Tate's. Uh, right. He works at Pop Tate's. He becomes the sheriff that's in season nice. three when Hermione kills Minetta and then is like, I need a sheriff I can control. Right. I can definitely right, control right. FP Jones. This surely, is not a dumb plan. Surely one of the lodges was controlling Minetta. I thought. Hiram. I think. Well, uh, both. And Hermione, both. Hermione was sleeping with Minetta. Yeah, but then she got tired of him because he joined Hiram's League of Stupid Evil. Yeah, I definitely remember the season ending with Hiram Ford forming the Legion of Doom. <laughs> we called it the League of Stupid Evil. <laughs> That's a better name. Well, because even when we first saw it, we're like, what are these people? You got Petty Peabody, who only wants to do crime. I don't know what her motivation or deal is other than, I want to do crime. She's just all in on jingling that jangle. Oh, she loves it so much. Loves it so then much. Then you have Malachi... And the ghoulies is part of it. Um, <laughs> yep, always getting around. The like second then, hardest thing for me to take seriously in this season is the <laughs> evil gang known as the ghoulies. The, in, in season five, just jumping ahead here, they, they apparently decide to theme them as spooky-themed, which they weren't before. I'm like, well, I guess they could have been that all. Like, this guy has a skull makeup on. He's a ghoulie. I'm like, they could have been that the entire time. But they I mean, didn't they have been. that. When they lived in Archie's house at the beginning of season five, they were just British gang members, as they are. Sure. You're going to name the gang after a second-tier Gremlins knockoff from the 80s. <laughs> and, then, into uh, it. and then the la- last one is Penelope Blossom, who who wants to open a brothel. And um, Claudius is, is there... <laughs> also there because yes. yeah, he's Claudius. doing the heroin work. Right. But he gets murdered right. real quick in season three. He does, yeah. Um, but Penelope and her whole brothel thing came entirely out of, um, Hal, like, Hal stays with her. No, and no, then... no. What? Once they stop running the drugs, they have no money. Cheryl taunts her mom to use the only tool her mom knows how to use. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so she taunts her mom into becoming a prostitute. And... and then her mom decides to make that in her entire brand. Yes. And also she does have an affair with Hal. Because Hal gets kicked out again. Yeah. Yes, he does. That's that's before they know what he's actually been doing all year. Hal, he just gets kicked out for being kind of an asshole. Yeah, he, he's mean to the fake son. 
Chick. Oh, oh chick. chick. Let's talk about Chick, because this is the season of Chick. And and it allows me to drill into the one of the things I identified as how off-the-rails bonkers this season was. Betty's fake half-brother Chick teaches her how to be an S&M cam girl, mm-hmm. and that's not even a storyline. No, it's just a thing that happens in one episode, and then they move on. Well, and, and going more about the weird pearl clutching, like, yeah, it's weird when Betty does it because Betty is 16 or 17. 16? Betty um, is underage. Oh, I have something to tell you, Kevin. She's 15 because yeah. they're sophomores. Oh, dear right. God. Um, so, yeah, that is creepy. But Chick doing it, I don't care. Like, Chick, it's weird that they decided, like, oh, his seedy underbelly thing is he's a cam boy. I mean, he and does like, also I... invite the sketchy man around, and then yeah, Alice like he does... kills the sketchy man. Yeah, he does other things as well, but, like, of the all the things he does, he's a camboy is the one that I care about the least. Yeah, that is not even in the top just... five terrible things about Chick. Because they're just a bunch of, like, consenting adults doing cam work. I don't care. It's weird what Betty does it, mm-hmm. underage. But also, I think when we see her do it once, she's just, like, sitting shirtless, talking without a camera. I think she's just, like, like the camera's off. I do not remember it that much. She's also wearing her wig. She is wearing her wig. The Dark Betty wig. The Dark Betty wig. Dark Betty. We get some Dark Betty. This this is where they're starting to set up that whole, like, am I evil? Because my dad is evil. And is that an evil transfer? Which they pick up again when they do the whole, oh, you have the genetic disposition of a serial killer. But we do find out she gets that from Alice because the real <laughs> Charles also has it. Yeah. Yeah. Hal does Hal does it. Even though, God, why do they do this? They said that Hal is a killer. His dad is a killer. His and dad, his grandfather is a killer. So his dad was the original Black Hood. Is that correct? His, his dad was the Riverdale Reaper. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually... I looked this up because I was trying to remember what the whole thing happened there. Uh, Hal, because we're talking about Chick, but let's I guess we're moving on to Hal now. Let's just fo- let's follow the flow of this conversation. Um, Hal was a child, as many people are. Uh, and I guess his dad was, like, caught or something? Or, I don't know what happened, but there's a video where his mom is telling him, your dad, who kills people, is such a great man. And you need to convince this other guy who takes the fall for it that your dad is not the one who killed them. So his mom's also a, a like a weird serial killer weirdo. Um, and then we learn that what happened was so his his grandfather grandfather Blossom killed the other Blossom, took on the Cooper name. And then this family called the Conways discover this. Discover it. It's your parents. <laughs> this happened like 10 years ago. Yeah. And they blackmailed Hal's father, Betty's grandfather, into being like, hey, if you give us money, we won't tell everyone that your dad killed his brother. And then Hal's father kills them. Except Sven the janitor. And then he's- yeah, yes. and then... The little boy who became the janitor. 
And then that's how they became secret. But then later we learn that Hal was actually manipulated into being the Black Hood by Penelope. Like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> none of the secrets in this town took place long enough ago for people to have forgotten that they were secrets. It's like things happen and then people immediately forget they happened. <laughs> yeah, there should really be a lot more written record of all this stuff that happened. Well, especially considering how they keep on telling us this is a small town. So it's not a big and enough town for anybody to forget that Betty's mother, Alice Cooper, it's a hilarious villain name for me. I kept yeah. expecting Gene Simmons to show up to oppose her. And <laughs> that she had a criminal past with the serpents. Like, that was not long enough ago that it's going to be forgotten from the town memory. Well, we, we say this all the time, and I will probably say it to every single guest we have in this entire uh, sequence we do. I can't believe they forgot which brother killed which brother. Like, that was not that long ago. And the family seemed to have forgotten who it is. And, like, like yes, like, Hal is a liar, but the Blossoms also seem to think that their grandfather did the murder. Yeah. You'd think... How does that happen? That's not something that gets forgotten that easily. No, like... We we always talk about the, the, this this town exists in a quantum state where it is big or small depending on the needs of the, the show, what the plot needs. But they always want it to be it's a small town, dark secrets type thing. But that only works if the town is aware of the like the town is keeping the secret safe. This doesn't seem like the town is keeping the secret safe. This seems like everybody forgot. <laughs> so there's a Pennywise situation where there's some evil force. Clouding people's minds from the evil that keeps happening. This well, show would make so much more sense if there was magic. But as Kevin is going to say... There's no magic in this show. Except for <sighs> maybe in the five-episode event that is happening in oh, three weeks. Yes. There potentially could be magic. And you can't, you, can't, you can't do that. You can't introduce magic in, a, in the sixth season. Just can't. Especially when you had a board game that compelled people to commit suicide and do murders. Yeah, that's, that's season three, though. This one actually, this season is... Not magical. I can't believe I'm saying this. Fairly grounded. <laughs> as these things go, it hasn't... Like... There aren't as many cults as you see in future seasons. No, it's no. just the mafia. Just the mafia. A, gro a grown man wrestling a teenager... A grown man with a vendetta against a teenager for no reason whatsoever. Rival gangs mm -hmm. with zany 50s gang names. There's a street race in this season. A street there race. Is. There is a street race. Because remember, Jughead gets kicked out of Riverdale High for a reason I can't remember. And he goes to Southside High. No, he has to go to Southside High because his foster family lives in the South Side. Which yes. I realize makes no Wait, sense what? because his father also lives in the South Side, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so this is like one town, like we, so the in so oh my god, I can't believe we're jumping around so much. But this is insane. Um, Hiram's entire plan this season, like so, Hiram is now out doing this thing, doing his mafia thing, buying he's stuff. Also, he's buying stuff, which they just constantly say like he has plans. It goes beyond a prison. He has plans. And essentially those plans are like Sodale, but jumping ahead to season five, which we just got through, that's Sodale isn't on the south side. 
Sodale's a it's, different town outside of Riverdale. It's elsewhere. It's one of the satellite towns, like Greendale. Greenville? Kind, yes. Kind of. Yeah, Greenda- Greendale's where Miss Grundy lives when yep. she gets murdered. There's also Seaside some, somewhere. Two hours away. Certain, yeah, some point in this season, they're, um, uh, they're, the South Side kids who are moved to uh, Riverdale High are threatened that they might get go to Southside High instead because of the whole riot that happens in this season. Now, There's a riot in this season. There's a riot. In, in this episode, actually, um, Pop Tate alludes to a turbulent past the Riverdale had that we've forgotten. He says that during the... He's been robbed many times because he's the yeah. only 24-hour restaurant. And during the riots, they threw bricks through his window. Then he also says the angel of death has come to Riverdale and Jughead's like, hey, <laughs> simmer down, no. We, Jughead but has blessed this episode. <laughs> the riots... So let's talk about this turbulent history of Riverdale that comes up in this season. All right. Things like um, the origin of the serpent, Serpent's Gang, which we've spoken about a lot. They yeah. were the Native Americans who were forced from their homes by the founder of Riverdale, if I'm recalling Massacred correctly. By Massacred by Barnabas B. Blossom. Of course and, it's a Blossom. And this, well, this is the beginning, the first hints that this timeline is not going to work. Uh, Barnabas B. Blossom is like the great-great-grandfather of Cheryl, or maybe an, an extra great in there. I think it's her great-great-grandpappy is what she says. Yeah. Um, and Augustus Pickens is the one that Barnabas B. Blossom hired to massacre the Uctena, uh and get this land. But they're also claiming that Riverdale was um, founded in the 1940s. 75 years ago. Yeah, which is also the same time that the Serpents were founded. 60 years ago, the first uh, meeting of the Serpents happened on these very banks. The Serpents were founded by Tony's grandfather. Yes. To honor his grandfather when he died, because his grandfather was the last surviving member of the Uctana clan. Clan? Nope tribe yeah which i think means the only way that i can make that work in my head is that barnabas b blossom and piggins did their massacre and then riverdale wasn't founded for another 40 years because the blossoms were busy doing maples nonsense i guess maybe they spend 40 years as an unincorporated hamlet where they just (laughs) quietly did like maple slash heroin business and brothels (laughs) and railways (laughs) they do keep saying brothels and railways is a big thing there free of Uh, big city influence that they face down now i i am consistently sure that the people who write the show don't understand how time works (laughs) because nothing works in timelines that they set up or where things happen i don't know that's a whole other issue it's entirely possible. Yeah. They definitely do not have a series. Well, they must have a series Bible. They must, but it's not complete. They're just like shoving things into a notebook. And maybe some of yeah. those things contradict each other, in which case there's just a shrug and a whoops, whoopsie. Well, we mentioned it last week. The entire first season has been retconned out of existence. Like there's nothing that comes up in the first season that it feels like they want to keep walking with. This one, we actually have things come up that do 
fit in with what they want the future to be. Uh, with some exceptions, Hiram, we do learn eventually he came back specifically to mine Palladium, but in this season... There's no Palladium. <laughs> no, he's got other things he's doing. Uh, Real mafia things. It requires so few crimes to mine Palladium. <laughs> but uh, he wants to do all the it's crimes. It's just something you're allowed to do. Not if you're going to do it the way Hiram does. The way that this show treats, like, criminal activity is that there's just there's just people out there who just really want to do crime. They don't really have many reasons other than they want to do crime. We get that with Penny. We get that with Hiram. Hermione goes all over the place. You know, I watched all of season one in the past week for reasons that cannot be explained. I loved Hermione in season one, and she takes, like, a direct left turn in the season into being, like, an awful, abusive mother, just like every other mother on this show, except for Molly Ringwald. Everything nice about Hermione sort of vanished the second Hiram's back. She's like, well, back Mm -hmm. to being a mob wife. Yeah, and, like, they hint so many times where it seems like she's going to maybe turn against him and be back on her daughter's side. But that never happens. When she finally does divorce him, it feels like she just decides to do it. She's just like, no, now is the time to do it. Now is the time for me to do this. I mean, in this episode, um, at the end of it, we meet Hiram. We see Mark Consuelos for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he and Hermione are standing in the dim light of their living room holding wine. And he's like, I got out of prison early to surprise you and you weren't even home because you were at the hospital with your boyfriend because his father was shot. Um, so also, disrespectful. I didn't tell you. Also, I didn't tell you I was coming home. Um, and then Hermione just snitches on just like, just like a high school girl. She's like, also, she drank your crystal. Huh? Wow. Wow. Hermione. Hermione. Wow. Be chill. I mean, to be fair, Veronica did accuse Hermione of hiring someone to shoot Luke Perry Andrews earlier in the episode. No, admittedly, True. we all thought that. It seemed <laughs> entirely thing. possible. It seemed the most likely thing. We said that at the end of season one. We're like, well, I was hired by Hiram. Gotta get him out of the way. Because we didn't expect the Black Hood. No, there's no <laughs> rational way we could have thought... <laughs> Betty's father decided to eradicate all sin from Riverdale by donning a black hood and being really, really bad at killing people. (laughs) He has (laughs) such a bad ratio of who he ends up killing and who he doesn't. So the only people he actually kills, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he only actually kills Miss Grundy and Midge, right? I believe that's it. No, he, he kills the doctor. Oh, and for... A reason when when he goes after he's shot by Cheryl with an goddamn arrow, mm. he goes to the hospital and then kills the doctor for what I can tell is no reason. I was other than I th- think he wanted Betty to find him. I was a hundred percent into uh, Cheryl hunting down the Black Hood with a bow and arrow. By the way, but you know, give me give me a vigilante with a bow and arrow, and I'm happy. I'm a simple man. But, uh, but where did it come from? Why is it a thing she has? That's she, not set up. Kevin, she lives in a medieval home. 
Victorian ghost house. Like, why wouldn't you have a bow and arrow? I'm I'm assuming it's filled with various weaponry, unless in case they have to kill somebody's new spouse, ready or not style. The the thing that I don't get is so the moment before that, before she gets chased by the Black Hood, he just shows up at her house to like I guess kill her because. Because Penelope's mad at her. And, you know, Hal is not a man of reason. He's a man of passion. Yeah. Um, And then Cheryl just gets away from him. Like, he he can't... I don't want to criticize a serial killer because I I don't know. I don't feel like that's something that gets you implemented or not uh, (laughs) implemented. People start questioning you once you start criticizing serial killers and how they do their things. I think I guess we as a society want more serial killers to be this bad at their job. <laughs> yeah. But he can't kill a 15-year-old girl alone in her house. Kevin, he is hunting a 15-year-old who was a cheerleader. And in the Riverdale world, cheerleading is just dancing. So it's pure cardio. He's a middle-aged man. He's out of shape. Cheryl I mean, is more lithe and jumpy than he is. I mean, the main problem is he's hunting Cheryl Blossom, who is perfect, apparently. Just like Veronica. Who never fails in anything she does. He also couldn't kill a football player at point-blank range with multiple <laughs> shots. <laughs> true. I mean, that is more on, on Moose's ability to just take bullets. And again, the Magic Hospital. And the Magic Hospital is very helpful. It's very mm-hmm. helpful that the hospital was able to uh, bring him back. Couldn't help Midge, though, because she was crucified. Oh, and poor Fangs took the blame for it. Fangs took the blame. He got shot, and then that then was lied about him dying. Yep. But he's actually fine. He's yep. still in the show. Fangs is still in the show. He's like a main <laughs> character now. Which is, for some reason, is wild to me. Yeah. He's still around. They faked Fangs' death. Like, Hiram had so many stir-up-pot schemes going on with the various <laughs> gangs, and... The third gang we haven't even touched onto yet, Archie Andrews' buff teen Isis. Oh my oh, god, the, the red, red circle! circle. And this oh, is I forgot about them! And this was such an amusing deep-cut reference for me, in that the Black Hood and the Red Circle are take names taken from a line of superhero comics published by Archie Comics. I, I, yeah, I looked this up, I think, when it, when it was coming through. A DC bought that line for a while in the 90s, and I read most of them. So, like, Red Circle was, like, their Justice League, and the Black Hood was this, this hood moved from person to person, compelled them to do vigilante stuff. So it was like, that one's pretty close. The Red Circle be buff, teen, shirtless ISIS. That's new. <laughs> I will never get over that weird... <laughs> got a bunch of football players <laughs> to pose in his garage shirtless and oiled and he's just like hey black hood if you come here again we'll kill you and i was like that's not threatening that is insane for my own sanity i pictured him setting up the camera and then looking into the viewfinder going what when did you all take your shirts off why did you all take your shirts off it's intimidating no I, if anything it's very weird and, We're all I mean, children. Comfortably homoerotic for a bunch of teen children addressing an adult man. <laughs> well, it's too late. It's happening. I've already got the oil on. I'm not ruining my shirt by putting it back on right now. You pressed record, Archie. We can't stop. We're rolling, Archie. You're wasting tape. All right, all right, all right, all right. I mean, the show's anachronistic. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it on, I don't know, 16 millimeter. So... 
the red circle, Archie starts them to hunt the Black Hood, and then yes. he gets in trouble from Weatherby. Immediately. Immediately. Because he releases that video, and they're like, Everybody's wearing no. a mask except Archie Andrews. <laughs> and then everyone gets a black or a red circle t-shirt, which is which gets him out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't want to do it anymore because they're beating up serpents, I think. Yeah. And then yeah. Hiram, Hiram Lodge uses... hires them to Again, beat up serpents. So many so many stir up shit schemes going on with Hiram Lodge. He's... Look, I think Hiram needs a hobby. Like, he needs to get, like, a home gym or something. Because he is way too interested in the feelings and emotions of teenagers. I think he needs Ritalin. Pick one scheme and see it through, Hiram. This is all way more complicated than any of it needs to be. Considering considering how, yes, later we learn this is all about mining palladium beneath the town. Like, all of this. Everything here is all about doing that one thing. Yeah, He's making it way more complicated than it needs to be. Mostly because he just, he just, he, let's be clear. He hates his daughter. He does not seem to like his daughter at all. No. And it appears he has always hated her. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a bad dad. I'm just going to go ahead and hang the, uh, I wanted a son misogyny on him for this one. I don't think that's out of character for this guy. Well, in fact, Veronica will reveal in a later season that in a deleted scene, oh, essentially, yeah. of her right. life, he she overheard him telling his mafia friends that he wanted a son. But Veronica was which, okay. Which means she knows this at this point by their by the time they set up. She's known this entire time that he's done his whole mafia with, like, I wish I had a boy instead of a girl. But that was her entire... I mean, I would say that that kind of makes sense with her for the beginning of season one being like, I want to be on my dad's good side. Yeah. I need to prove to him I'm as good as a son, I guess. I mean, Papa Putin had the biggest son you could ask for, Hiram. Look how much good it did him. Yeah. Yeah. Who killed Small Fry? Was it Hermione and Veronica? No, it was Andre. But it could have been Hermione and Veronica. No, I think it was Hermione. The summary I read suggested that Papa Poutine's son, Small Fry, a concept too hilarious not to say in its full form. <laughs> yes. Did kill Andre on his way to try to kill the Lodge women, but Hermione oh, shot him yeah. down. Yeah. And, yeah he, he... and Papa Poutine's son, Small Fry, is where it became clear to me that the things I kept raving about on this show and the things that my other friends tried to use to drag this show were always the same things. <laughs> friend yeah. tried to yeah. point out how dumb is this Riverdale show by just sending me a clip of someone saying word on the street is that Papa Poutine's son small fry is in town looking for payback <laughs> it's like I know right they just say <laughs> things like this they, they, they sent you that no I'll say the one thing that I'll give them is Papa Poutine and small fry as incredibly dumb as that is is also very good it's very, it's very good, good. like if if they want the thing that that breaks my brain that I can't get a handle handle on is the name of the hotel which I think is introduced in this season because Nick St Clair goes there oh, is Nick the Saint Five Clair. Seasons and I and I hate that yeah I hate that it's the seasons. Five Seasons what's the fifth season lousy smarch weather it's <laughs> the I same <laughs> and I said no that's not the fifth season that's the thirteenth month cowards. Uh, this is an introduction though of Nick St. Clair. We get uh, we get the rapist Nick St. Clair, 
coming in. Trying Somehow, to roofie Cheryl and getting beat up by pussycats. Yep. And then he, he'll continue to come in once a season to once again get clowned on by someone. Will not take a hint and die. No. Yeah. You know uh, what? Archie also, I think, beats the hell out of him this season. Well, what happens is Veronica finally tells her parents, like, Nick Sinclair's a rapist. He likes to roofie people. He did it to me. And then yeah. Hiram's like, oh, he did it to you? Not just Cheryl? Yeah. And then he arranges for Nick Sinclair to be driven off the road yes. after skiing. Yep. And then Archie finds out that Nick Sinclair did this to two girls, and that cannot stand for Archie. So he goes Ar- there while Nick Sinclair is in the hospital and breaks his legs. I feel like Archie has... No, no, Archie doesn't break his legs. Archie, when his legs are broken, Archie just beats him up. And I think it has some... I I don't know if it's directly related to that. It's well Archie is in the mob, though. It's well he's living the maid life. He's definitely in the mob by that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because that, because I think that's right around the time where he claims that he killed uh, Cassidy. Well, which I think is the boy. Cassidy is the boy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he overhears other mobsters be like, "Hiram's not a very good mob- mobster," and he's like, "I'll show you how good he is. I <laughs> killed Papa Putin and a boy." <laughs> and then Hiram will subsequently use that against him. Yeah. To get him arrested yeah. right before he's made class president. Oh, as he's I being guess. announced as class president, he gets arrested for a murder he did not commit. And that was kind of my falling off point. <laughs> because <laughs> it is. fall came around, I was like, all right, CW, I can deal with Archie Andrews being framed for murder. Or I can deal with the Green Arrow being sent for prison for crimes he, okay, <laughs> technically, absolutely committed. But I can't do both. <laughs> you get one. And then it was May, and I was still hadn't started season three of Riverdale, and I was like, maybe this is okay. It was okay. Archie joined a boy fight club. Which There's a boy fight club in the jail. Was I, I a joke. Did we hear about made... the boy fight club in the jail? You know, Kevin, I kind of forgot that during early seasons of Riverdale, I am still 100 percent sure that there were writers on that show listening to our podcast. Because the yeah. amount of jokes we made that made their way into the show are is too many. Too many for coincidence. You never the can one, tell. The one that we had, the big one that made me be like, because like, I, I would play along as a joking thing. I never think they actually listened to it. The big one that got me was in season one, which I, I feel like they had to have shot it all before we even started. But, I mean, we learned that they actually are pretty tight in their schedule from when they shoot to when something comes out. Uh was we made the joke, and this started in, like, episode one, that Archie Andrews is a robot. And Luke Perry Andrews just, like, upgrades his software. That's why he got so hot so quickly, because he got the hotness upgrade. Yeah, that's why occasionally he seems confused about human emotion, is because he's a robot learning to love. Uh, But then, in, I think, like, the season finale, um, Archie and Jughead are playing a video game together, and Archie's screen name is Punches Like a Robot. And I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. There's press. He literally for punches this. through ice. He does punch through the ice so hard the actual actor broke his actual hand. Of course he did. And man, Which is what? that scene was a hair's breadth away from making most emotional moment in the award show that year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty extreme to be like, oh, what am I going to do here? Use my foot? No. Which- my hand. Did lead to one of my disappointments with season two is that I felt that in season one, Archie's inherent goodness 
Was it just a key part of his character that almost made up for the fact that everybody else is investigating noir murder mysteries and he just wants to be in the football team and play in a band? Like, oh, Jesus Christ, Archie, get on everybody else's level. We we get the last I think the, I think the last gasp of this in the pilot for this ep, uh, for the season. I was going to say pilot for the season, <laughs> the premiere of this season. It's not the pilot anymore. Uh, not a pilot. Where you have a scene between Veronica and Betty, and then again with Betty and uh, uh, Jughead being like, "Did you have? Did you have sex with uh not Jughead? Uh, Betty and Kevin being like, "Did you have sex with Jughead? I didn't have sex with Jughead." And like this really like real teen moment of like them dealing with an at like an actual thing that teenagers deal with with like feelings for people and then uh, then i have to think the rest of the season is just a boys starting shirtless vigilante groups and the mafia and betty and weird... jughead investigating murders there's a mutilated boy who lives in the is found in the woods oh my god we forgot about the mutilated boy everyone does <laughs> including the show wow yeah me too uh, i can even do you remember the, the synopsis yeah, do you remember the mutilated boy? Don't remember the mutilated boy. Okay, so after um, Betty sacrifices Chick to the Black oh, Hood. Oh, yeah, that mutilated boy. And, like, she immediately she gets, regrets it. She gets a call from Colonel Jr., or maybe this is Colonel at this time, being like, hey, yo, Merle, mutilated boy in the woods, and Betty's worried it's Chick. It's not Chick, but it's still a mutilated boy. And we do find out in this season five, there is a group that has been mutilating people and dropping them in the woods and the swamps for decades, but not boys. <laughs> so, so that's who's... still just an unrelated mutilated child corpse. Like what? Like we have this scene where Betty's like, I thought it was chick, but it's not chick. And I'm just screaming. Then who is it? The... Who mutilated this boy? Not chick it's... is not a sufficient answer to the question. There's something else going on. Also, you again, Betty tries to feed two perfectly good people to the Black Hood, and he hasn't managed to kill either of them. Like, he managed like, to how? kill sexy Miss Grundy, child predator, which... Yeah. I... You know, he really just snuck up on her. Like, she just had no idea. I felt that was an apology for having that plot line in the first place. I was like... yeah. The quickest course correction I've ever seen a show do is like, oh, right. If you flip the genders on this storyline, it's incredibly disturbing. You got to go, Miss Grunty. Like, not oh, to get back people into... didn't like it? Not to get back into season one again. That is another thing that the show does that we see throughout the season. But that is the first time that happened um, is where they're like, I have an idea and it could be done well if we're competent writers. But I have such terrible news for them. They are not. They're not. <laughs> Yeah, there are the same th just so many parallels between this and a show that I watched for a hundred episodes and have an extremely complicated relationship with, which is, of course, Fox's Gotham, the uh, oh, pre-Batman Batman show, which, uh, like Riverdale, is a completely different, more grounded show in its first season, but they just abandon it and forget about anything that might have been happening. <laughs> like, there are characters who were very important in the first, like, third of the season, who are never seen or spoken of again, because they get bored of it. Uh, I think... Plot lines shift radically, constantly, with very little regard to what may have happened before. And in season one, I think the Cheryl Blossom equivalent is uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's Fish Mooney, 
the only person who knew what this show was. So she's playing <laughs> it like 10 times campier than anybody else. And sadly, she was no longer a regular when the rest of the show caught up to her. Can Ben McKenzie ever play campy, though? Because we watched all of the OC, and I don't know that he has that in him. I've heard great <laughs> recommendations for the OC, and I'm terrified to watch it because I'm just going to see him as Jim Gordon. And I'm going to constantly expecting someone to lurch out of the shadows and try to teach him who he really is. And then I'm just going to scream. That is now, kind of what of... the OC is about. Now, for a lot of our review episodes, I do just sort of disassociate and let my mind go where it goes. So I don't remember the things I say. But I do remember making Gotham jokes as we're doing our OC um, reviews. Because a few times where he goes full on Jim Gordon. Yeah. He's always (laughs) trying to solve crimes. Trying to solve crimes. It's at one point he just wears a suit and I'm like, there it is. There's the man. Jim Gordon absolutely solved one or two major crimes a year, despite no real competence in law enforcement. The fourth time he walked into a trap and immediately got knocked unconscious or disarmed by the villain, he would somehow escape it enough to arrest them. I mean, that. speaking of incompetence in law enforcement, the same thing in Riverdale. We have Keller, who is like the only cop in the town like i don't think we we get a few deputies in season one i don't think any of them come back for season two it's just sort of him alone and i like how in this episode jughead cops at sheriff keller oh yeah have you considered this (laughs) what about this what if this is the case keller needs to talk to the son of the man who was just shot and jughead's like can i come and keller's like yeah (laughs) sure this may as well happen like, well, what, whatever, why not? And then event, throughout this season, he will shoot the fake Black Hood. And I, like... Possibly just both like, fake Black Hoods. No, I think, no, Minetta definitely kills uh, Tallboy, who is the... Tallboy the, the second other, fake Black Hood. Yeah. Um, or potentially, I don't know if it's ever confirmed, it could also be Minetta himself, and they use fall tall boy who was working with them as a fall guy in the end that doesn't really matter tall boy was still working with them either way it seems very hiram yeah Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. um and then he quits as the sheriff which is how minetta got in to be the sheriff and then minetta's like does a raid on the white worm and sets off riots he does an unsuccessful raid because who saves the serpents Cheryl. Cheryl Blossom. Ra- with, with just randomly, she's like, I'm going to the White Worm. And her mom is like, no, child, don't go to the White Worm. Like, did you not try, just try to get her killed? What is, Penelope, what is your relationship with your daughter? You, you've Speaking tried to unstable. kill her. You've tried to send her off to live forever conversion in conversion school, school therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, that I also happened what, this season. I forgot about the conversion therapy and the fact that they go in and they only rescue cheryl like just there's cheryl. the this 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 season has the most selfish characters where we're only supposed to care about our protagonists and no one else because there's the mutilated boy there's all those poor kids in the conversion therapy who they just don't take with them don't worry kevin they'll save them next season when betty breaks out i'm sure betty wrote a very scathing editorial in the in the no. town's small newspaper no, no, later, her school newspaper, the blue and gold. Uh, no, yes. Later, Betty Betty trades that. Remember, she trades that deal to get information from, uh, this is the season three thing, but to get information from the Sisters of, of uh, 
Quiet Mercy, whatever they're called, she threatens to reveal the conversion therapy. But instead, she's like, I like you give me the uh, like this. I can't remember what it specifically was for. I think it was for patient records. It says, and if you do that, or I'll tell them about the conversion therapy. I'm like, no, just tell them just about the that. people being tortured. People being tortured in the basement. Don't bother sticking Betty. to the deal. Sell them out immediately after you get what you want. They're bad. They're... <laughs> you want to be Dark that, Betty, do that. that is, there's a lot of times where they just make they make terrible deals. Like, uh, this season ends with Veronica buying a bar. Yes, Which, and then trading the bar to get pop tapes so her friends shop. can have a place to hang out. Yeah, despite the fact that she 100% believes whatever evil plan her dad has. Hinges on needs, the white worm. But she just decides, no, you know what? You are an evil man because you fired F.P. Jones. So instead, we'll do this trade that will give you exactly what you want. And we'll I'll get, get what I want. We'll get a chocolate shop uh, with a sacred speakeasy underneath. It feels like it definitely it felt feels like the they want speakeasy under the chocolate <laughs> the shop. Secret speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like they wanted this to be the accumulation of a character arc where she learns to be selfless, or she learns to care about other people, and learns to be like, "Hey, instead of beating you, I'm going to do something for my friends." But it doesn't work. I mean, her friends it probably also want to defeat Hiram. Yeah. He did just frame Archie for murder. He's also not like Hiram's not threatening to close Pop Tates. He just still owns it and fired FP. Because he's cleaning house. But I don't think FP ever goes back to work at Pop Tates again. Uh, no, he manages the secret speakeasy and then he becomes the sheriff. Because Does he you can ever be a that? sheriff and a gang member at the same time. It's true. I mean, this is not a gang. if L.A. County teaches us anything, you can absolutely <laughs> be a sheriff's deputy and a gang leader at the same time. <laughs> now, there Fair are enough. so many other things we could talk about. We could talk about how this season has starts off with the most prototypical Archie storyline. I was not brave enough, so I deserve to be murdered. We could <laughs> which, talk- carries, which carries on him to, to him being like, I was not brave enough, so I deserve to be in jail. We could talk about how Molly Ringwald Andrews, despite pretending, seeming like a great mom, doesn't notice that her son stays up all night holding a baseball bat and might be traumatized by seeing his dad shot in front of him. We didn't even touch Penny, like Penny, like the intricacies of Penny Peabody's existence. We could talk about Alice and how the show keeps trying to tell us that she is like better than she is, but she is a terrible abusive mother. You mean where they do the musical and they try to be like, ah, look, Alice is just like Carrie's mom. And Carrie's mom is sympathetic, right? We all agree. The mom from Carrie, sympathetic. Not at all responsible for literally everything that happens in Carrie. Deserving of sympathy. Um, We can talk about how Josie is supposed to be a main character, but her only line this episode is the pussycats are behind you, Archie. We will give your dad any of our nine lives. I feel like they appeared out of nowhere for that line, too. She gets a hero shot. (laughs) It's a low camera. The three of them walking up be like, and we're here to do nothing. We're just going to hang out with you and eat burgers. This feels like a text message. And finally, it's good been an email. We could talk about new Reggie, who oh yes, also loves Archie so much. 
Reggie is definitely the first one to take his shirt off, right? In that whole one hundred percent. I know. Yeah. I didn't even think that was a discussion. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it was off. It was off immediately. Off and oiled, ready to go. Misunderstood the assignment, but understood the assignment. But we cannot talk about any of these things, for we have been talking about this insane season for an hour. Didn't even manage to get to the fact that I was half convinced that Archie and Jughead got involved in some sort of H.P. Lovecraft nonsense when they were sent to pick up a crate from Miskatonic University. But it's fine. <laughs> it was just jingle oh, jangle. Yeah. Just drugs. Just, just running drugs. Just heroin. It's never magic until it's magic, and I burn this show down. Uh, Aaron, take us out. All right. So we have run out of time, but we would love to know your thoughts, dear listeners. You can find us at Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. Dan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore G, on Instagram at Daniforth, at TalesFromPartsUnknown.com. Or writingtherapyproductions.com, where I'll be launching a couple other things at some point in the near future. And maybe we'll talk about some of those things on this podcast, because maybe some of us on this podcast might be involved with some of these things. Could very well be. I may have talked someone on this podcast into... Oh, such a journey. What intriguing mysteries. Uh, you can <laughs> you can uh, get me. I'm at Strawman K. Weir. You can also pick up my books, uh, sci-fi, fantasy books, available from KevinWeirBooks.com. And I'm over at AFlimsyPlan.com. Please give us your ratings, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice if you do nothing else today. And we will see you next week for Cults, Dungeons and & Dragons, and uh, just more Riverdale. <sighs> Just more Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs>